your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 676 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. And the Rangers coming off of a disappointing 5-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils inside Madison Square Garden. Last night, Thursday night, they'll be back in action with the Devils once again tonight, Friday night, on the road. And, you know, for me, it wasn't really disappointing because, oh, well, you know, they lost or, you know, they they lost to a Devils team that they quote-unquote should beat. It was more, there, there was a specific reason why this loss bothered me just a little bit. And again, it, it's not the end of the world. It's the third game of six preseason games. But we're going to talk about what that reason is in short order here. The first thing I wanted to do, though, and we'll talk about other things regarding the game as well. You know, we're going to talk about the kid line. I thought they were good. We're going to talk about Sammy Blay returning to the lineup and maybe one or two other standouts for the New York Rangers. But I wanted to start today's episode by discussing uh, the roster cuts that happened earlier in the day on Thursday. And it's funny because I did an episode on Thursday and, you know, I had seen that the Hartford Wolfpack was going to be opening its training camp on Monday. And so I figured, you know, cuts were probably right around the corner for this Ranger team because, you know, the Wolfpack needs some actual players. And of course, the Rangers had, I think it was 61 players still in camp. Sooner or later, you got to start narrowing it down a little bit uh, to the 20. They're going to be out there on opening night and probably 22 if you count the two healthy scratches, uh, probably two healthy scratches. I don't think they would go with three. But yeah, these are the 19 players. I'll just run through them real quick that were uh, cut from the Ranger training camp. And there's not too many surprises. I would say of this whole group here, maybe two or three surprises tops. But to just run through the names real quick here, Talon Boyko, Easton Brodzinski. Easton Brodzinski, by the way, is the brother of Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, you got Cristiano Jacinto, Tanner Fritz, Parker Gahagan. Sorry, I, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Dylan Garan. Zach Gutierre, uh, Luca Hano, Blake Hillman, Zach Jordan, Ryder Korzak, Ryan Lohan, Luke Martin, Matt Ramp, Matthew Robertson, Austin Rushev, uh, Hunter Skinner, Bobby Trevino, and Alex Whelan. And for me, you know, maybe just a couple of minor surprises here. To me, the one that was, uh, I would call more than a minor surprise, I would just call it a surprise, would be Matthew Robertson. Because, you know, coming into training camp here, we thought that he might have a little bit of a shot to claim the sixth and final defenseman spot. We figured he was going to be kind of in a battle with Zach Jones. And of course, you know, the way the Rangers have been lining up at training camp and throughout the preseason, you start to realize that, you know, Libor Hayek might be involved in that training camp battle as well. And in fact, now that Matthew Robertson has been cut from the Ranger camp, uh, it would seem that it's probably going to be either Jones or Hayek out there to start the season on opening night. Fingers crossed from my point of view that it ends up being Zach Jones. But it is a little bit surprising. Again, Matthew Robertson, it certainly seemed like he was going to be involved in the competition. And instead, uh, he is basically removed from the competition just two 
two games into the preseason, excuse me, and uh, he'll head to the Hartford Wolfpack. It's also possible that, you know, the idea of Matthew Robertson potentially being the sixth defenseman on opening night, it's possible that that was a little bit more fan-created and media-created and, hey, maybe even podcast host-created as well. Maybe in the Rangers' minds, in the minds of Gerard Gallant and the coaching staff, maybe Matthew Robertson wasn't as close to really being involved in that competition as some of us were either led to believe or talked ourselves into believing. That's entirely possible as well. Look, it's also possible that Matthew Robertson, they just want to get him a little bit more seasoning on the Hartford Wolfpack. He'll probably be out there as part of that team's top pairing, and maybe he's the first guy that the Rangers call if there's any ineffectiveness this season or if there's an injury or whatever it might be. He might be the first guy that gets promoted back to the New York Rangers. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but I certainly was at least a little bit surprised to see Robertson uh, on that list and cut so soon uh, into the training camp and the preseason here. Another name that kind of stood out for me was Bobby Trevino. Uh, Trevino certainly was going to be a roster long shot at best, you know, and it doesn't help players like Trevino and really anybody else, you know, these these prospects or whoever it might be trying to crack the opening night roster. It does not help them the fact that, you know, so many of the Ranger forward positions are spoken for. I mean, there's maybe one or two spots open tops. But, you know, Trevino, I, I thought he played well in the opener against the Islanders. He was very noticeable, very uh, involved in the play. He just kind of jumped off the screen whenever he was out there. Uh, the second game, uh, the Rangers played against the Bruins, and the Rangers lost that game in overtime. Didn't notice Trevino as much during that one, but part of the reason for that is because he was barely even on the ice in that game against the Bruins. Uh, he, in fact, had less ice time than any other player on the New York Rangers. Uh, when that game was all said and done, he was out there for a total of just nine minutes and 55 seconds. The next fewest minutes for the Rangers was Will Cooley, and he was out there for 13.52. So I guess the writing was kind of on the wall. If you're only going to play somebody who's you know trying to make the team, if you're only going to play him for 9.55, then odds are probably that he's not going to be around for a whole lot longer, and uh, he'll most likely... Uh, be sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack, and that is indeed the case right now. But, you know, an intriguing player, somebody that's had to, as he put it, basically fight an uphill battle his whole life, uh, the smallest player on the ice almost every single game that he plays, but he's made it this far. He's at least gotten some preseason looks with the Rangers, and, uh, you know, an interesting player to track for sure. I mean, the size is always going to work against him. There's not really a whole lot you can do. If you're five foot six, you're five foot six. It is what it is, um, but kind of an underdog story and somebody that might be fun to root for. Besides that, nothing too surprising. I mean, maybe Hunter Skinner, a defenseman, you know, he was a relatively high draft pick for the Rangers just a couple years ago, and I thought maybe he would stick around for a little bit longer, but I mean, again, look at the defenseman corpse right now, and uh, you know, you kind of see why he was probably sent down because there just doesn't appear to be a whole lot of room for him. Beyond that, though, I mean, was I super surprised to see any of these guys sent down? I mean, maybe Dylan Garand. When you consider that Lindbaum was out there, he was dressed for the game and played the third period against the Devils last night. But it's probably a case with Garan where they just want to get him ready to go, uh, you know, for for his season rather than you know keep him on the Rangers when he's not going to be on the team anyway. Maybe Ryder Korzak, a little bit of a surprise as well, somebody that the Rangers seem to be high on, but he's cut from camp uh, relatively early in the game here as well. Beyond that, though, again, there, there's nothing too jaw-dropping here. These they got to narrow the the list down, and uh, these players uh, have been cut and. Uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on all the Ranger prospects throughout the season. We'll check back with them from time to time. And, uh, you know, that's something we do every year, and we'll continue to do it this season as well. Uh, we're going to turn our attention in just a second, though, to the 4-2 to preseason loss to the New Jersey Devils, a game that 
You know, there was one thing that bothered me, and I'm going to explain what that was in just a second. There were also some positives to take out of this game as well, though. We're going to get into all that good stuff in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so the aspect of this game that was a little bit disappointing, at least for me, and again, I'm not going to get too worried about losing a preseason game to the Devils. It's not that big of a deal. Like I said, the bigger concern here is figuring out who's going to be on this team and who's going to be in what role, but that's just the thing. You know, yes, the Ranger A lineup was obviously not out there, even though there were some, you know, pretty prominent players like Kreider, Mika, uh, Fox, and Lindgren were out there. Sammy Blay was out there. The kid line was out there. The biggest issue that I have there just wasn't a whole lot of spirit or a whole lot of fight for the Rangers. And again, I understand that it's preseason hockey, so maybe that's to be uh, somewhat expected to a point. But you got to remember here, the Rangers, half this lineup is probably not going to be on the ice for opening night, or at the very least, you know, it's made up of guys that are facing a serious uphill battle to try to make the team. And when you consider that that's the case, you would have just expected, uh, you know, some more players to put a little bit better hockey on tape than they did last night. Nobody really distinguished themselves in any meaningful way as far as, you know, the players that are trying to make this team, trying to make a good impression. Now, I also understand that, you know, you look up and down this lineup here, and again, there's a lot of players that are simply not going to be out there on opening night. I mean, does anybody think that Adam Edstrom is going to be on the Rangers on opening night? He actually had a, a nice move in this game and gave himself a scoring chance, drove hard to the net, and put it just wide. But you get the idea. There's a lot of guys out there on the ice last night, they're not going to be on this team on opening night. But there's an opportunity here, you know, if you're one of these guys that is on the outside of the opening night roster looking in, there's an opportunity to distinguish yourself and to, you know, play some good hockey and to make a favorable impression on the coaching staff. And if you do that, then you have to figure that it improves your standing within the organization and that you'll be one of the first couple guys called up if there's an incident where, you know, there's some injuries to the Rangers or there's some underperformance, whatever it might be. And I just didn't see a whole lot of that in this game last night. And I do have to, you know, I, I hate to even call it a call out because I, I the term is not that strong. But Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider had kind of a quiet night. I realized that, you know, the two of them linked up on a, a shorthanded goal and more on that in a second as well. But for the most part, they just weren't really that noticeable. And I get it because, again, these are two, uh, you know, established players in this league. It's not their first rodeo. You know, these guys have both been in the NHL for a long time. And, you know, there's an 82-game regular season in front of them, then however many playoff games as well. So I get it. You know, you're not going to expect somebody like Chris Kreider or Mika Zibanejad to empty the tank in the third of six preseason games, uh, you know, last night against the Devils here. But the one thing that, again, just like a mini call out here that I have to kind of put at them is that, they were out there with Sammy Blay, and 
if you look at the Rangers, you know, the line combinations throughout the training camp here and also the way they lined up in this game last night, it's looking like whether we like it or not, and there's some mixed feelings on this from different Ranger fans for sure, but it certainly seems like that top line has a very, very good chance uh, on opening night of being Mika, centering Kreider, and Blay. And keep in mind, uh, Sammy Blay has not played hockey since he was taken out uh, by a dirty play early last season, tore his ACL. There were some rumors that maybe he'd get back for the playoffs, didn't end up happening. But this is this guy's first taste of NHL hockey in about 11 months. And so you got to figure Sammy Blay was going to be up for this game. He was going to be ready to go. And I thought Blay played you know decently well in this game as well. He certainly played physical, ended up with four hits. Uh, he only had 13 minutes and 31 seconds of ice time, so the Rangers uh, didn't push him too far. But, you know, Mika and Kreider, I just was kind of hoping that they would be uh, into this game just a little bit more than they appeared to be, simply because, again, they're out there with Sammy Blay. They had a little bit of run with him last season, but not a whole lot. You know, Blay only played 14 games last year, was moving up and down the lineup. And just the simple fact that you know that Sammy Blay was going to be amped up for this game and ready to go, preseason or not, you know, it is his first game in almost a calendar year. You know, I was just hoping to get a little bit more out of Kreider and Mika, you know, starting to build that chemistry with Sammy Blay and, uh, you know, just going out there and, and competing hard. Again, it's nothing that I can get too mad at them for. I mean, look at the seasons that they're both coming off of, and I'm sure when the regular season starts, they'll both be fine. But, you know, save for that early goal, the shorthanded goal, the goal that made it one to nothing, you know, Mika and Kreider were not really all that noticeable in this game last night. And like I said, we'll break down that goal uh, in due time here. But I just want to talk a little bit about Sammy Blay because overall, you know, I, I thought he played fairly well. Again, first game in almost a year, so you have to grade on the curve a little bit. But one thing I was really encouraged by was he was not hesitating to be Sammy the Bull. And, you know, it's funny, I, I've joked on here that, you know, he had just gotten that nickname bestowed upon him by his teammates, and that's when he got hurt. So that was uh, obviously unfortunate last year. But yeah, you know, a shift early in this game might have been like this line's second shift of the night. He had a couple of hits on Miles Wood behind the Ranger net. And so that was good, you know, got him twice, big time physical hockey, couple of really solid checks into the board. So obviously, you know, Blay not appearing to be too worried about his knee, going out there and throwing his weight around. Once again, he did end up with uh, four hits on the night for the New York Rangers. Uh, there was also an instance in the second period where he did a nice job, intercepted a pass in the neutral zone, had a strong drive to the net. Rangers got a scoring chance out of this. And then not too long after that, the Rangers worked it back to Sammy Blay in the slot area, and he took a shot right there from the slot. It was stopped and frozen by Vanacek, but another scoring opportunity there for Sammy Blay, uh, you know, working hard to make things happen. And then second period, dished out another big hit. And, you know, the thing about Blay, he always finishes the check. In this instance, you know, there was a defenseman along the boards. He had to move it out of his zone and into the neutral zone. But Blay had him squared up, and he always finishes the check. You know, the puck had been moved, but he went in there, put his guy into the board nice and clean. So that was encouraging to see as well. Uh, he also absorbed a hit in the second period and, you know, maintained his vertical base, was not knocked to the ice or anything like that, but probably not the worst thing in the world that Sammy Blay actually receives a hit. Good to just kind of test him out and, and get him back into the swing of hockey and, you know, everything that happens during the course of a hockey game. And of course, you know, he was no worse for the wear after that happened. So uh, yeah, good night overall for Sammy Blay. Nothing too eye-popping, but just some Good semi esque plays, you know, dishing out some hits, creating a scoring chance, uh, getting a scoring chance from the slot area there, absorbing a hit, just a little bit of everything, and, uh, you know, encouraging to see Sammy Blay 
be, you know, right in the middle of the action in this game as he gears up to, you know, get back into the Ranger lineup on opening night. He's got tremendous opportunity, you know, being out there on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. If those are indeed uh, the lines that the Rangers roll with to start the season, yeah, going to be out there with two pretty darn good players. So definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do. And again, Nothing too crazy in this game, but I thought it was an encouraging performance from Sammy Blay, especially when you consider that he's coming off of the ACL injury and when you consider that he has not played in a hockey game in, once again, nearly a calendar year. We are also going to break down the Ranger goals and talk about who stood out in a positive way for the Blue Shirts, and we will do that in just a second. All right, so we got to go ahead and talk about this uh, early shorthanded goal that the Rangers got about, you know, 14 or 15 minutes into the second period here. You had a situation where uh, Igor Shesterkin actually got called for a tripping penalty, and I know that I wasn't the only Ranger fan holding my breath on this because, uh, you know, Lindgren tried to pass Dakota Renko. The puck was taken away. This is deep in the Ranger zone. Uh, the Devils get a scoring opportunity out of this. Igor comes out of his crease a little bit to, you know, try to meet the scorer head on and ends up tripping him. Igor had his helmet knocked off. And then unfortunately, uh, a Devils player, he didn't do it on purpose, obviously, but he's down on the ice and, uh, you know, he's moving his legs and part of his skate actually hit Igor in the head. And this was the time where Igor had his helmet off. So a dangerous moment there. And obviously uh, very, very thankful that Igor was okay and that nothing happened, you know, after taking a skate to the head here. I, I don't think it was the blade. It looked more like it was the heel of the skate, and that's obviously a good thing. I mean, I'm sure that doesn't feel good either, but better than having the blade, you know, making contact with the face or the head area. Don't even want to think about that, uh, obviously from a human perspective, but also, you know, the fact that Igor Shesterkin's a pretty important player for the New York Rangers. So, yeah, I mean, that set up the power play, and Rangers had a pretty good kill here, and they end up scoring a shorthanded goal. And this is the second time that a defensive play by Mika Zibanejad in the preseason here led to a shorthanded goal for the New York Rangers. Mika was basically pressuring his guy at the blue line. You know, the Devils were trying to hold the blue line, running out of real estate. Uh, Mika was all over his guy, knocked the puck away, and then he followed through by hitting the same player, checking him into the boards. So that basically took one of the Devils out of the play. And just like that, you got a two-on-one going the other way. Adam Fox is carrying the puck up the right side. Uh, he's got Chris Kreider to his left, and Fox did such a good job. He delayed and delayed and delayed and held onto this puck until the last possible second, really kind of sold that he was going to uh, you know, take the shot here, and he didn't, but he drew the attention of both the defenseman and the goalie. I think the defenseman back was probably Dougie Hamilton and made a really nice depth pass to his left to Chris Kreider. Kreider tips it into the empty net, and Kreider... He actually scored the first three shorthanded goals of his career this past season, so nice to see him get one here as well. Very, very encouraging. Something else that I thought was uh, encouraging for the Rangers in this game is that they played pretty well on the penalty kill. And again, Lafreniere and Kaka, who I thought both looked like just you know fish out of water last year uh, when they were asked to play the penalty kill in the preseason and even a little bit into the regular season as well, I thought both of them looked strong in the penalty kill here. You know, they they pressure the puck when the opportunity is there, but they never seem to take themselves out of the play or you know compromise their positioning or anything like that. But throughout the game, I thought both of them played very well on the PK, as did the entire unit. The Devils went 0 for 5 on the power play. And of course, you know, the Rangers had the one shorthanded goal here as well. They actually got a second shorthanded goal later in the game. So think about that. The Rangers allow the Devils to get five power plays, and they outscore them on the Devils' power plays by two goals, 
and they lost the game by three goals. There are not too many games preseason, regular season, or postseason where that's going to be the case. Just kind of one of those uh, quirky, odd things here, but obviously a very, very good night for the Rangers on the penalty kill. Like I said, you can always find some positives. This wasn't the best game that we'll ever see the Rangers play, but there's always some positives to take out of games like this. And another thing, you know, we were just talking about Lafreniere and Kako. I thought the kid line was absolutely fantastic in this game. To be completely honest, I didn't really notice them that much in the first period, but from the second period onward, I thought they were easily the Rangers' best line of the night. There were a lot of uh, possessions in the offensive zone where, you know, the Rangers, they would, you know, maintain possession, cycle the puck very well, just not allow the Devils to get it away from them. Some good crisp passing as well. There was one shift where it was the kid line along with Fox and Lindgren, and it's just a crime that the Rangers didn't score on this possession because it almost reminded me of... The, uh, the shift against the Lightning in the playoffs. Game one, the kid line was out there just forever, you know, just moving the puck, moving the puck, getting all these scoring chances, refusing to give up possession, uh, winning the, the races to lose pucks, winning a couple board battles, cycling the puck effectively, basically doing everything they could do without actually scoring. So uh, again, a very encouraging night overall, I thought, for the kid line. You just hope that there's a little bit more finish uh, going forward as far as the kid line is concerned in the preseason here, and especially in the regular season. So we'll keep our eyes on them, but you know, so far, so good. There's still part of me that really wants to see Alexi Lafreniere on that top line where he had success with Kreider and Mika last season, and maybe even you throw Kako onto the second line with Panarin and Trocek. But once again, I am willing to give this an opportunity. If the kid line can spark the team as it did often during last year's playoff run, and they can kind of be that energy line and that X-factor line. And if they're getting enough ice time, that's a big-time caveat for me. I can live with Lafreniere and Kako opening the season on the third line with Heedle as long as they're getting, I don't want to say as much ice time as the top two lines, but you know, somewhat close to it, at least in the same ballpark. Maybe some of those guys are mixing in on the power play as well. And uh, yeah, I, I can live with it if that's going to be the case. Long-term, would I like to see Lafreniere with Mika and Kreider, yes, I would, but we'll give it a shot to start the season here. It was a really good night for this line. Like I said, best line uh, for the Rangers on the night. Figure we might as well also go ahead and talk about the second Ranger goal as well. This also occurred while the Rangers were shorthanded. Uh, they started the penalty kill with a unit of Gettinger, Hayek, Henriksen, and Barkowski, and you know some other guys worked their way in. Julian Gauthier was even out there on the penalty kill. You know, Gauthier, true to form, had a couple of scoring opportunities in this game and absolutely nothing to show for it. There was uh, one situation where he drove hard to the net, kind of bowled into Vanacek a little bit, and, you know, actually drew a penalty. They uh, they took a look at this to see if the net, if the puck had gone into the net before the net was off its moorings. And actually, the puck can go into the net after the net is off its moorings and still count if they determine that it wouldn't have affected the play one way or another. But uh, obviously, that goal did not end up counting. But I don't know. It's just kind of more the same with Gautier. He gets close at times, never really ends up scoring, and somebody that uh, certainly also facing an uphill battle to be out there on opening night. But then uh, later in this penalty kill, Alexi Lafreniere, uh, basically just an outstanding, uh, you know, individual effort here. Basically, the Devils, you know, they're they're getting situated and getting ready for a rush up the ice. But Lafreniere, you know, noticed that they were having some issues and uh, took advantage of it. Very instinctive player, Lafreniere, a smart player. And he goes up there, uh, has a takeaway in the offensive zone. So just like that, you know, he steals the puck. 
by lifting the stick of his opponent, and he's in alone, one-on-one with Vanacek. A couple nifty moves on the doorstep. Fakes going to his backhand, goes to his forehand instead, and he scores. Roofed his shot, uh, almost an indefensible shot here. Uh, just a great individual effort, like I said, and a shorthanded goal for Alexi Lafreniere. Like I said, I do think Lafreniere and Kako look a heck of a lot better uh, killing penalties right now this season than they did it all last season. They look a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident. You can chalk that up to just another year of experience in the NHL. Maybe it's good coaching as well. But, I mean, for me at least, it looks like night and day because they, they experimented with this a little bit last season, didn't last very long, and I don't think they did any penalty killing, uh, you know, once the regular season was really underway. Maybe a little bit in the first couple of games, but down the stretch, certainly those two were not out there uh, on the PK. But, hey, it never hurts to have more guys that are capable of filling in in different roles. And obviously, if Kako and Lafreniere, if the Rangers can go to them on the PK from time to time, that's good as well. We'll see if they actually get any PK time once the season starts, because obviously then the Rangers, everybody will be dressed and they'll be out there with their A lineup. So they may not play that much, but uh, I'm very encouraged by what I've seen uh, from each of them on the PK. I also think I might uh, owe an apology to Ryan Lindgren, and I got to give a shout out to Anthony on Twitter who pointed this out to me. But uh, basically what happened was the Rangers opener, you know, there was a situation where Brandon Othman had a bloody nose, and I kind of just, you know, quick kind of throwaway line about how, well, you know, Ryan Lindgren's out there, so somebody else needs to pick up the slack in terms of uh, bleeding for the Rangers. Then, in the second game against the Bruins, uh, Ryan Lindgren does, in fact, end up bleeding. And then I said something like, you know, if any Ranger on the team is going to take a high-sticking penalty, or rather be, you know, the, the recipient of a high-sticking penalty, then I want it to be Lindgren because he's more likely to bleed than anybody else, and that could result in a double minor against the opposition. And what happens in this game? Ryan Lindgren receives a high-sticking. Now, Lindgren, for once, actually was not bleeding here, or didn't appear to be anyway, and it was just a two-minute penalty on the Devils, but I'm afraid to say anything else about Ryan Lindgren. So nobody get mad at me. I swear I don't have like a Ryan Lindgren voodoo doll or anything like that. I'm a big fan of Ryan Lindgren, one of my favorite players on the team. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe, uh, you know, I think it would be great to see Ryan Lindgren score a goal in the next game. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens the next time Ryan Lindgren is out there. As far as the devil goals are concerned, there were a couple of instances where I think, you know, they were kind of a little bit out of nowhere and maybe the Rangers got a little bit flat-footed. Uh, you had the equalizing goal by Miles Wood. This occurred in the uh, the second, or excuse me, the first period, getting pretty late into the first period there. And Lafreniere had just had a scoring opportunity in deep, put a backhand shot on the net, and uh, the Devils corralled the puck, quickly moved it through the neutral zone, a long pass from Hamilton to Wood. Wood goes in, and Barkowski basically just got toasted on this play. He's with the Rangers on a PTO, so that's not the most encouraging uh, sign for him. You know, obviously, he's probably facing an uphill battle to make this. I mean, he, he's definitely facing an uphill battle to make this team, and uh, that play not going to bode well for him because he basically just got burnt and couldn't catch up to Wood, and Wood scores the equalizer to make it 1-1. One one. Uh, Dougie Hamilton scored a goal to make it 2-1. to one. Just 41 seconds after this, Devils won a board battle in the corner and, uh, you know, worked the puck uh, into the left circle to Hamilton. And Hamilton took a quick wrist shot and beat Igor Shesterkin. It's one that Igor's usually going to stop. But I will say, you know, this is a case of the Rangers basically just getting outworked on this play. My favorite goal, I mean, I love the highlight real goals and the stuff that Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad can pull off on a nightly basis. I mean, I'm just in awe of what those guys can do on a hockey rink. But my favorite kind of goal will always be the one where my team just simply outworks the other team and they just want it a little bit more. They want possession of the puck a little bit more and they just make it happen that way. And that will also always be my 
most hated goal to give up. And that's what happened here. The Devils just outworked the Rangers on this play. Hamilton converts, and they go up 2-1. to one. I thought the Devils just had an extra gear than the Rangers did in this one. And I think part of the reason for that could be that, and I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've ever actually mentioned this on the podcast, but there's always this debate about, you know, how important is the preseason? Is it important to win games? I think it's more important for teams coming off of bad seasons to win games in the preseason than it is for teams coming off of good seasons. The Rangers are going to be fine. They had a great run in the playoffs last year. Of course, it's always nice to win these games. But for the Devils, I mean, they just got off to such a nightmarish start last season and had a bad season just as a whole. And they are now 3-0 in the in the preseason. And I just think for a team like that, they're going to come out and compete a little bit harder in the preseason than a team coming off of, you know, either a Stanley Cup win or a trip to the Eastern Conference Final, you know, a good season, whatever it might be. But yeah, the Devils, like I said, they they had a gear in this game that the Rangers did not have. It's not going to concern me too much. It will concern me if we see this in the regular season when these two teams play each other because the Devils have played the Rangers tough over these past couple of seasons, despite not being uh, a very good team, frankly. But yeah, I mean, if, if the Devils have this extra gear against the Rangers in the regular season, I'm going to be pretty upset about that. It's not going to bother me too much here uh, in the in the preseason. But as far as the other two Devils' goals, not counting the empty netter at the end, uh, you had Bashan scoring from a pretty tough angle and just a good shot, maybe caught Igor by surprise a little bit, maybe anticipating the pass. Bashan shot instead, made it 3-1. to one. Uh, You also had Tatar about six minutes into the third period. He scored to make it 4-1. to one. Uh, Actually got around Adam Fox here and beat Lindbaum uh, to the uh, the blocker side. And so that made it 4-1. to one. Lafreniere cuts it to 4-2. The Rangers pull their goalie. Eric Hollis scores 5-2, to two, and that's pretty much that. And again, a little bit of a disappointing performance by the Rangers, but is it something that's going to make me panic or anything like that? Not even close. It's the preseason. Like I said, I think the Devils... They were geared up for this game just a little bit more than the Rangers were, and uh, obviously neither team is going with its A lineup. So, you know, turn the page, move on. The Rangers play the Devils again Friday night tonight. Definitely looking forward to that one as well. We will be back here to talk about that in our next episode. We will also, at some point in the near future here, talk about potential alternate captains for the New York Rangers. Apparently, this is still a debate that is ongoing among the coaching staff, so obviously we'll keep our eyes on that battle as well. And the only other thing I wanted to mention, we have our... Locked on New York Rangers fantasy hockey draft. It is slated for Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So mark your calendar, set a reminder, do whatever you got to do. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.